0: Welcome into the boardroom, Weagle's premier all-sports talk show. If you care about the sport, we talk about it. From Auburn football to the English Premier League, we discuss it all. Now sit back and relax, because the boardroom is now in session. And welcome into the boardroom, everyone. It is October 19th, the year 2023. We are back for our second episode of the boardroom. Greg's going alongside me, Connor Greenberg, Kyle Davis, and Nelson Early. Gentlemen, welcome into the show. We have a great one for y'all today. And let's just go ahead
1: and get right into it. Fellas, I don't know about you, but I got some
2: Bayou Blues. Me too. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's, I got that. That's,
3: that's four ways around. That was a, uh, a lackluster performance in the Bayou, to say the least. At least from the team on the field. Off the field, Auburn Tigers performed great.
1: Oh, yeah. New Orleans was popping with the orange and blue. I got more War Eagles than uh, curses down my way, which is positive. Uh, but Saturday, Saturday just wasn't, wasn't our day.
2: Top to bottom.
0: It was not. Kyle, you want to go ahead and give us the rundown on that?
2: Um, not really. Don't really have those pulled up. My bad, team. Well, I got. Let's, the, let's circle back. Let's circle back. Yeah, let's them circle back. good,
0: us bad. Yeah. So I can start with the score. It was forty-eight, eighteen in favor of the LSU Tigers over the Auburn Tigers. They get that win down in Baton Rouge. Not the greatest performance at all from Auburn. They got down, I think, seventeen to nothing early. It was within
1: like five minutes
0: uh, at least. Yeah. It they was seventeen
3: to nothing with uh, two minutes left in the first quarter. At the point where it was seventeen to nothing. I believe Auburn had negative five yards of offense. Is is that bad? Well, I don't think that's good. People it's are not, saying that. Yeah, it might be so according Actually, to sources, people are saying boardroom sources are saying that being down seventeen with negative yardage is uh, officially bad.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. They, uh, Jay Daniels is a Heisman candidate for a reason, and he he showed us uh, alive and in living color. It was not great. Uh, offense played horrendous <laughs> again. We just might not be a good team on the road. That just might be what our conclusion is. We have to be awful on the road, but thankfully most of our games are at home. We have to go away to Vanderbilt and Arkansas, which are two easier teams to conference. So thankfully our three-game stretch of AM and Georgia, and LSU are behind us. Uh, we learned a lot, good and bad.
2: Uh, hopefully to get some more dubs. Yeah, just taking a look at the stat line. Pulled it up now. Here we go. Passing, an improvement. 154 yards. It's still pretty bad, but definitely an improvement for us on the same amount of attempts. So we're converting a little bit more. Rushing, pretty more evenly distributed offense, one hundred thirty nine yards altogether bad, but uh, I think I think there's some positives to glean that we're not a hundred percent trying to shove down their throats anymore.
3: Yeah, there's certainly some positives to take away. I think uh, you got to look at Jeremiah Cobb as someone who went down there, played well. Um, Eugenia Sante is always someone that I think with this team you're going to look and hey, at least we have Eugene Sante um, and. I- you have to at least like what you saw from Robbie in comparison to Peyton. Um, I know Hugh has said that we're going to see both on Saturday against Ole Miss, but um, Robbie's package, whether it was in the red zone or even out, had that long that long pass to Frazier. Um, the offense at least poses some kind of threat with Robbie, which is more than what you could say for anything with Thorne through through the season to this point.
1: Yeah, the thing about Robbie is that um, he might not have some of the skills that Peyton Thorne has, but what he does have is a lot of confidence, which goes a long way as a quarterback. Typically QBs have an ego, and I think Peyton Thor could use some of Robbie's ego. That's not a good thing because uh, Robbie is able to sling the ball down the field with ease uh, without a care in the world, which can be a bad thing. He can turn the ball over, but he can also have that big explosive play that he did to, to Brandon Frazier there in the game. Uh, and definitely the run threat, spreading the field out, which I think we need, and tempo. But, um, yeah, it's uh, I think at this point you're halfway through the year. You should know enough about your team to go one way or the other and just stick to it. Because keeping on, going back and forth, it's just nauseating for not only the the, the fans, but also the team. The team wants to know who their leader is.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said about Robbie's confidence. I feel like every time Peyton Thorne throws the ball to the Heat, boy, he never really throws it across the middle of the field. And when he throws it to the sideline, it's usually so far out of bounds that his guy can't even get to it. He's so scared of throwing an interception that he's throwing it way too far outside, not giving him a chance. Yeah,
3: I think there's there's two cliches that apply here. One is – If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And that's where we're at right now, unfortunately, where there's not – I mean, you look at Jaden Daniels. That's an LSU team that's not that good around him, but he can physically carry the team to Mm -hmm. wins on his back. And I'm not saying we need a Heisman-level quarterback, but the performance we're getting from either one of them is just not going to be good enough. But we know what Robbie can do. We saw it down the stretch last year. He's dynamic with his legs. Occasionally his arm can be on point. He had an amazing, uh, amazing touchdown throw in the Iron Bowl. He's inaccurate, but he's confident. He's willing to move the ball down the field. He's willing to take chances. Uh, what does Peyton Thorne offer us at this point that Robbie can't – yeah, maybe he's a little bit more like composed in the pocket and maybe he's getting the ball out quicker a little bit more accurately. But at this point, I, I, I say we got to commit to the running game. The only way we win this game on Saturday is we keep the ball away from Ole Miss's offense, run the, cl- run the ball, chew clock, and, and hold the ball to, take, to prevent Dart and, and Judkins from tearing apart our defense, which we just learned is not that good.
0: The thing you're talking about with Thorne being more of a pocket passer, this offensive line is not at the standard SEC standard to where he can afford to wait in that pocket, especially on those Michigan State teams. It's Thorne better. I'm going to I'm gonna have to call you out on this. It's chief. better. It's the
1: Auburn so much line better. is actually quite good. The problem is, is protections is not calling well, out. I did not it's not calling, out, not calling out blitzes. Not calling out blitzes. A&M. Yeah, because they're, they're sending six guys, and Peyton Thorne in this offense is supposed to be calling out rushers to, uh, to audible protections and he just wasn't doing it so there would be an open rusher or it's running backs I mean at this point you can watch the games but you got to know who to blame when each play and the O-line is not the problem for everything it's not like last year where we have two guys blocking each other uh you were getting hats on hats and not a lot of guys are getting beat but there's always one guy that's always open and free which always I mean, is not the O-line's fault I'm mainly speaking from what I saw in a name just
0: because again yes they were sending a lot of guys but then again like that is one of the best defensives Lines you're going to face just because of how much talent they recruit there, so it's yeah, not going to be the same with that. But just again, kind of what Connor was going off of, just I feel like Robbie gives us a better chance to win since we are a lot of more of a spur of the moment team with that being able to just he's he's able to run, we can throw
3: slants. That's all yeah, we really I, need. I, I think uh, on the list of offensive problems, obviously quarterbacks number one. Uh, w- offensive line is probably fourth for me because I think last. I, I think you look at quarterbacks, obviously the number one. The the play of the wide receivers it's awful is awful awful. I mean, you took you talk about Peyton Thorne not having time to throw in the pocket. There is no one open, and and at least with Robbie, he's going to hang back there for count one two, and he's scrambling trying to make something happen. It's not necessarily Thorne's fault, but guys like Shane Hooks that were brought in and to, to be kind of the number one guy, they just haven't performed. And then number three, what is wrong with Jarquez Hunter? He looks he's not he looks two steps slower. He's not blocking nearly as well as he has in the past. And he was a guy that obviously he had his off season stories, but um, he's a guy that came in as going to be one of the best running backs in the SEC. We haven't seen close to that from him. He's been arguably the fourth best running back on the team.
1: Yeah, this is uh, I mean halfway through the year you're about to see where, where teams culture comes into play. Um, saw some videos from practice, and you got guys like Camden Brown. And uh, Caleb Burden run, run, running with the ones, with they back in the depth chart the first few weeks. You're gonna see some guys that he brought in the portal that just aren't producing, be on the sidelines because at this point in the season we can't take bad play, repeated bad play. If you're not playing well, you're off, you're on the sidelines.
2: Yeah, and just speaking more to what Connor was saying, I got some numbers to back it up. There's only three receivers over 100 passing yards, that's Jay Fairwater, Fairweather, and Chain Hooks, and then rushing. The big thing that pops up to me is Robbie Asher is the fourth-highest rusher with only 32 attempts. He has 153 yards. Jarquez has 57 rushing attempts, only 218 yards. That's not so, good enough.
1: He hasn't, not good. The, he hasn't had that burst. Uh, I mean, definitely. You got, you got to get to the high hand at this point.
2: Brian Batty, 36 attempts, 172 yards. He might be – He's impressive this year. Yeah.
3: He, He's probably not big enough to take the bruising of a number-one back, but I think going forward, when, until Alston returns if you have a rotation where Batte is getting maybe 50% of the touches and then Jarquez and Cobb are splitting the other 50% i think you're going to keep the guys fresh and that has so far looked like the most explosive combination cuz the the offense of Peyton Thorn you know running throwing 2 3 yard routes and then Jarquez running it straight up the middle for no gain we're not we're not going to be competitive with any
2: team in the conference and the Brian Batte checkdowns i feel like are, could be more effective yeah especially getting him out Jarquez. on the wide
3: yeah. out wide on those, some of those screens where you're getting away from the big boys in the middle He's he's shown that he can be really explosive. That probably, I mean, I don't know if y'all disagree. He's probably been the best portal pickup from this class. No,
1: I feel like O-line, uh Dylan Wade especially. Yeah, Dylan Wade. We're going to have a guy, uh Asante, pick up I think. Year one. Asante he's was last year. uh year You're going to have a guy picked up out of Tulsa probably going to the NFL draft the junior out of O-line, which hasn't happened in Auburn yeah. in like 10 years, okay?
0: I agree. Yeah. So Wade's
3: Wade's been great.
1: All right, let's switch gears now to talking about
0: the game this weekend. Saturday night in Jordan-Hare Stadium, 6 p.m. on ESPN. The number 13-ranked Ole Miss Rebels travel into Jordan-Hare to take on the number, wait, not even ranked, the Auburn Tigers. Currently the line is set at Mississippi, Ole Miss minus 6.5. Over-under is 55 points. ESPN's FBI is giving the Rebels a 77.2% chance of walking away with the victory.
3: Yeah, I think um, you got to look at this weekend. Like I said earlier, it's going to be a matter of can Auburn hold the ball for long stretches and keep Ole Miss' offense off the field. Um, but looking back at the, the Ole Miss game last year when Robbie started, we did not have a single receiver with three catches and only one with two. He, Javaris Johnson had two catches. Every other receiver only had one. So um, this is a defense that has seen Robbie before, um, and they're going to be able to stop the pass because if Robbie's, if Robbie's in for most of the game, they're not going to allow too much on the field. So big game for the offensive line, big game for the running backs, like we were talking about. I, we're gonna. I think we probably need 200 rushing yards to win this game.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a classic Hugh freeze-lock-the-gate game because Lane Kiffin is not the best in quote-unquote big games, and to the grand scheme of things, they probably already played their biggest games against uh, Alabama and LSU. Uh, but for the Auburn faithful with all the offseason drama, with Lane being rumored to come to Auburn, this is a pretty big game. That's why it was slated at night, especially with the spread being this big. Uh, this is big to a lot of people. This is a big game for a lot of people, and I feel like uh, we're gonna be up to the task. I might be pumping a little sunshine, but I say we at least cover. Um, we are a different team at home, both in terms of product on the field and mentality, the physicality we're gonna bring. I don't know if Ole Miss will be able to match it, but we'll see. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight, and it's gonna have to, it's gonna be what's gonna have to be the rest of the year. Uh, just pound them in the mouth and see if they respond. That's all we got at this point. So. My
0: my thing is just like, how are we gonna, dealing with Judkins? I mean, what we saw the tackling performance on Saturday was feeble to say the least.
3: Yeah, they LSU, I think, ran for almost or over 200 rushing yards, and a good chunk of that was Jaden Daniels. But um, even coming into this season, Hugh Freeze talked about, he was concerned with this run defense. And I I'd, someone on that, whether it's a D-line or a linebacker, is going to have to a, have a Eugene Asante versus Cal type game stopping the run. Because I think our DBs will be able to hang with Dart. Dart is a good yeah. quarterback. He's not great. Um, our secondary should perform uh, – they do perform better at home. I think they'll be able to contain Dart and at least contain some of the big plays, but they're going to be able to run it down our throat pretty much, and it's going to be up to somebody on the defense or multiple people to, to prevent that.
1: On on broader notes, uh, two players expect to return this week, uh, both on the defense. We got Nickel Kante scott who Nickel is kind of a hybrid secondary linebacker uh, role. Also, Austin Keys, who was out uh, since game one. Seen team with a club and a, non, a contact jersey at practice. Big linebacker, very key for this defense, especially if you want to stop the run.
2: Yeah, and just kind of speak to their rushing game a little bit. Uh, they average six more rush attempts than Auburn has seen all year on average. And Quinshon Jenkins is not the most explosive rusher. Only averages about four yards less than Brian Batte, But he just rushes a lot. He has 108 attempts this year. It's just going to be a matter of can we withstand it.
0: Yeah, and with that, that will take us to our first break. When we come back, we got more college football for y'all, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle, 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everyone. Again, you're hanging out with Griggs, Kyle, Connor, and Nelson. Last time we talked about the Auburn-LSU game and previewed the Auburn-Ole Miss game,
2: and now we're doing something a little different. We're going to talk about the rest of the way for the Auburn Tigers. So, Kyle? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about the Ole Miss game already. ESPN's given us 22.8% chance to win this game. Nelson, what do you think?
1: Doubting us. They're doubting us. Uh, I feel like two games this year are uh, kind of statement wins, and I think in year one it's very vital for a head coach to get a statement win. So on the docket is Ole Miss and Alabama, and out of those two I feel more confident with Ole Miss with everything kind of surrounding it. This game's been circled on the schedule by Hugh Freeze for a long time now, I feel like we come up with a good game plan, We good dub. <sighs>
0: um, It just depends on kind of what kind of lane Kevin team we see. Are we going to see like kind of like how Auburn showed up in 2021, how they did with that? Or are we going to see the team that traveled down to Oxford last year? So, I'm going to err on more of the side of the caution. I think the, the Ole Miss is going to win this one.
3: Yeah, I think Jordan Hare is going to be insane. Uh, we saw a preview of the light show on Twitter uh, today. Jordan Hare is going to be bumping, but – I think Auburn maybe covers. I don't see this team on offense having someone to make the big play to keep up with Ole Miss's offense. So I think Ole Miss wins.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same vein. I think Ole Miss is going to score a lot. Don't know if we can. Next, speed round. Mississippi State, Nelson? Win. They're not very good. Gregs. I'm going to go win. Win. I'm thinking a win, too. Vandy, another speed round, guys? Nelson? Win, but it's going to be closer than you think. It's a weird game. It's probably 11 o'clock. It's going to be sicko.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go win on that, too, but I don't. Don't call it one that's just an easy game because it won't be. I don't think.
3: Yeah, I think we actually have a tougher time with Vandy than we do at Mississippi State, especially with their lethal um, swinging scoreboard. But I think <laughs> I think Auburn will leave Nashville on a two-game winning streak.
2: Yeah, ESPN's given us an eighty-point-one percent chance to win that one. Now we'll slow it down a little bit. Arkansas at Arkansas, we're only got a thirty-seven-point-nine percent chance according to ESPN. FBI Nelson, what do you think? Uh,
1: see, I want to pick this as a win, of course, from sunshine pepper, but I just hasn't. I haven't really seen a lot of us of us on the road. If this is a night game, uh, I I would chalk it up to an automatic loss. If it's like at eleven o'clock, nine thirty on PBS, probably. <laughs> if it's in the morning or at like two thirty you 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 might be able to see this week out a win. I just I don't know. They don't have the really explosive offense. Uh, but I just they ha- I haven't been showed enough on the road for us to say that we're gonna win a, a game like that. So I'll say loss.
0: Um, I mean. Depends on – Arkansas could have a change in leadership by then. Two and five, not great at all, especially for a team that would we thought was going to be more feisty this year. I'm going to go, however, with Arkansas, just because I have not seen us play well in the row. I mean, we struggled against Cal. And for just for bits and pieces from the end of the A&M game, we were getting losing by a lot. But, yeah, I'm going to go Razorbacks.
3: Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting one. I, I, there is a chance Sam Pittman's not coaching this game unlikely unlikely but there is a chance i have a weird feeling that this is going to be after a couple tough or you know in theory easier games but tough grinded out road wins against state and vandy that auburn just kind of rides that momentum and is able to squeak one out this is not going to be a normal college football game uh even might be an 11 a.m kickoff this is going to have pack 12 after dark energy like i'll say auburn maybe like 16 to
2: 13 this will set us back decades have a little scorigami action
3: yeah Yeah. some
2: scorigami yeah, I think I think coming it, – it couldn't have fit better in the schedule. Mississippi State, Vandy, Arkansas, just kind of kind of in the momentum vein would be huge, especially if we get the win against Ole Miss. I don't think Arkansas will stand a chance. Uh, New Mexico State, another speed round.
1: Win. I hope
2: it's a win.
3: Big fan of the Aggies, but uh, it's going to be a win.
0: Yeah, they're giving us 90 New Mexico State, State Aggies, like, for the record. One thing about this one, especially if we drop one of these games, like Mississippi State, then we're gonna have to find a win
1: these last couple ones. But shout out, shout out, uh, Aggie QB Diego Pavia, midweek dog. I've been watching him on uh, the Comics USA like on Tuesdays. He's a beast. So
3: this will mm-hmm. this will also likely be a 9:30 a.m. kickoff. There's gonna be no students that oh, stay. I will be there no um, matter what. No matter what, we, yeah, the board the will be there. Uh, you obviously, know, obviously, we're but uh, this is not gonna be a a uh, vintage Jordan hare performance. So could see
2: that being. Just ugly, awful football, but Auburn will win that game. Last game of the season, the Alabama Crimson Tide—they're giving us a 14.9% chance to win, and I've got a stat to lead us into this mm. one. Okay, juicy. I don't know if you guys um, have experienced this, as I have, but but fellas, we have not lost. We've not won an Iron Bowl since we've been here. Correct. Sadly, so,
3: sadly, sources can confirm
2: that means three, right? Uh right? for y'all. Sunny. You've had you've had three. I've had two. Okay, well. But, let's yes, I, even that I've not seen a win. Okay, understood. Um, here, here's, here's a sunny side stat to that. Spin zone. Spin zone. Auburn zone. has not lost four straight Iron Bowls since 1981. They were playing it in Birmingham then. Uh, hold on. Let's, spin, let's... Zone mm. spin zone number two. Spin zone number two. Hold on. There's two of we're, them. Hold we're, on. We're, we're still spinning. We're spinning. in the other get, direction. I'm getting dizzy now. Yep. 1981. So they lost their fourth Iron Bowl in a row in 1981. This was also Pat Dye's first year. So, win or lose, we either have a Pat Dye, Hugh Freeze parallel, or we win an Iron Bowl. Nelson. (sighs) Uh,
1: This pains me to say it. That's some great stats by you, Kyle. Thanks. I just get a feeling this is a 2021 Iron Bowl over again, where we kind of grind it out and stay in it for the entire game and come so close to winning it. And then uh, the worst thing imaginable happens. I can see a... uh, High character guy, Jermaine Burton. Very high <laughs> character guy. It's probably going to push off and they're not going to call it. Is that Logan and, Paul's
3: next fight, Jermaine Burton? Uh,
1: should be. Uh, <laughs> play someone his size for once. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be the worst thing imaginable. He'll push off. They won't call it. Birmingham will be in full effect and we'll probably end up losing a heartbreaker again.
0: Yeah, I mean the comparison between the quarterback from twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three is like comparing apples and oranges. I mean they're both awful.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean they're, I mean one had his Heisman moment last time TJ in this Finley game. T.J. Finley was the best quarterback. He on was being held the in the end zone and I, they pushed off. That I was not do, a Heisman moment. I don't remember much of that game. I was just too sad. I got my parents were really mad at me at that game. Actually, we they invited friends over of ours to watch that game, and I was losing my mind. They were Bryce really mad Young.
3: At me the first moment Bryce Young let Panthers fan Gregs down there will be many more to come in the future. <laughs> there will be many more <laughs>
0: there has been more to add to that since It'll then be great to have um us. but i'm going to go alabama here i just can't see our offense scoring on that def- on our their defense and then just i think their offense will do well enough especially with the run game if it continues for them yeah i got alabama
3: yeah Kyle, i think you misspoke on one of those stats uh, auburn has not lost four iron Bowls until 2023 cuz we aren't winning that game this year um Listen, this is this is the year to get to get Bama. They're not that good. Uh, their offense is abysmal. Um, their dynasty's O-line, over. Yeah, the, the dy- like Georgia is the dynasty of the SEC now. They're the ones where I feel like when we walk into that stadium, I'm like, yeah, we have no chance. I um, almost beat them. we were close. We did almost beat them. I, th- this game should be competitive. I, I bet late in the season, Auburn's probably going to be a single point underdog. I, I could see the spread being about you know Bama minus eight, eight and a half. I just don't. I don't. Auburn might cover this game. They're not going to win this game. We don't. Again, just going back to to talking about Ole Miss. We don't have someone on offense that is a playmaker that's going to be able to keep up with offenses
2: that are scoring thirty points on us. Yeah, I think it's going to be very reminiscent of the Georgia game, and you know we're going to stick in it. And then at the end, it's just we're all going to know what's about to happen, and it's just going to happen to us. But one last thing on the record: so if we win the the Mississippi State vandy New Mexico State, that puts us at six and six. I'm thinking we steal at least one of the Ole Miss, Arkansas, Bama games. That's what I feel like too. Yeah, That's
3: uh, a, I think we end up with seven wins. How exactly we get there? The formula I, I don't know. I think you could probably lock in New Mexico State just as, scre- as a win. Just
0: screams Mayo Bowl, um,
3: <laughs> Gasparilla <yeah. laughs> Bowl. Yeah, I think. we oh, would love a Gasparilla Bowl uh, performance. Um,
2: Anything but yeah, about I, Birmingham.
1: Yeah,
3: please, so, please, please, no more Birmingham Bowl runner-up trophies. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just doing some simple probabilities here. There's a 25% chance we lose Bama, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. We lose all three of those games, so there's a 25% chance that happens. I means a 75% I'm, chance that's not going to happen. Exactly but, 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 right. but, but. I'm taking the 75% chance. I'm loving it. We're going to mm. get one
0: of those games. Wow. Insightful. Inspiring. Yeah,
3: I think I think it's going to be Arkansas, but I agree that we're going to get it, one of those. It
2: games. would be Arkansas, I feel like. I, I, really, you know, I really think, I don't know, it's just this game, which we're going to get to it later in the show when we do pick them, but the Ole Miss game is going to be... Very emotional. The Bama game, very emotional. Yeah,
3: like you just never know. Before we saw teams and stuff, you knew this Ole Miss game is going to be insane. All the storylines: Hugh Freeze, old Ole Miss coach. Obviously, all the Lane Kiffin to Auburn smoke from from last year. Um, there, there is going to be lots of storylines, lots of energy. I just don't think we're good enough. I think if you would ask me week one, I would have said, "Yeah, this is a lock win." What we haven't seen, not that any of us really had or should have had high expectations. Um, but we all—I think we all thought Peyton Thorne was going to be a little bit better than what we've seen, and I just don't think we're going to get pl- a good enough play on the offensive side of the ball to beat them. Would love to be wrong. Would love for our defense to go out there, put up a shutout, and Jalen Simpson to get a fourth quarter interception in the end zone like he did on Matt Corral two years ago, um, I, and he probably will do that. But I just don't think we'll be able to take the ball and go score. And a fellas, crisp all
2: three to go down. <sighs> <sighs> fellas,
1: fellas. If any, if any odd players are watching this. A la Hugh Freeze 2015 against Alabama at Ole Miss. Lock the gate and get into a fight. When they get off the bus and walk into the stadium, they better not leave without a fight. That's all I'm saying.
3: All
0: right. I mean, we have a couple minutes to do some college football stuff. We can just speed
3: round it probably. Well, a uh, very important college football update. The... Should be ranked. James Madison Dukes are up three to nothing in an absolute bar burner. You know, let's just go hurt. on. Let's just
1: go on a rate, okay? Uh, there's no reason that James Madison and Jack State, both six-win teams, should not be in a bowl game this
3: year. It's that is outrageous. The, of the many dumb NCAA rules, they would rules, take Auburn's spot in the Birmingham Bowl. If the many, Good. many dumb Good. NCAA rules it. that exist, the the ban on postseason play for schools coming up is the worst. Uh, Bellerman and I think it was Merrimack have been have won their conference tournaments in basketball and not been allowed to play. Hey,
0: Bellerman not playing gave us F- FDU's
1: win over Purdue. True, true. Hey, uh,
0: hey. Uh, true,
3: but it's embarrassing.
1: People are saying you know Dabo to Bama after Nick retires, uh, Rich Rod is going to reclaim what was <laughs> rightfully his <laughs> after taking Jack State to like eleven and two and uh, start another absolute dynasty in Tuscaloosa.
3: That Rich Rod might be might have the best team in Alabama.
1: People are saying. You're saying they're exciting. The Jackson Gamecocks. They're much watched T V. Yeah.
2: But cannot be in a bowl. All right. All right. So just looking at the slate, we're gonna skip the Pick'em games till we get to the pick'em. Uh first, Tennessee, Alabama. Two thirty on C B S. Alabama's favored by nine and a half. I don't see that happening, but I see an Alabama win.
1: This Tennessee defense has been better than people have thought. I just don't I don't believe in the Tennessee offense. Uh it'll be another Slugfest, And my set us back 20 years in football, but I see like a Bama 14 to 10 win, something like that in that vein.
3: Yeah, the if if I were a betting man, I'm not touching the spread here. I think this is a messy game, but under 48 points. Under 48 points. Hammer. I would I, I
1: I I I This
3: might as well be a London n- NFL no game. No gambling advice. This might as well be a London NFL game. I, I don't see that they're both these offenses are just not that good. Um, quarterbacks having issues hitting receivers. In Deep the ball merchants. Yeah, on those sides. Joe Milton has a rocket launcher. He just can't control it. So yeah, we'll see a lot um, of picks. Lot I don't. Picks. I don't think this is going to be a thirty to twenty seven game. I just don't see. Yeah, it.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be kind of what it was in years past, where they just were going back and forth. Last year in Knoxville, I mean, it, it's going to be a good game, especially with Tennessee having a little bit of that momentum now since they did beat AM last weekend in Knoxville. I mean, they got some to play for. They've not won in Tuscaloosa, I think, since the nineties. I'm pretty sure, maybe early two thousands. But nonetheless, it's going to be a good game. But with that, we're going to head to another break. But after the break, do not go anywhere for the second half of the show. We'll again talk some more college football, get into the NFL, and then at the very end, we'll go through our picks for the weekend. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle, 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom, everyone. Once again, you're hanging out with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson in the Bradley Basin Studio inside the Melton Student Center. We have a home football game this Saturday, but now we travel to Sunday to talk about the National Football League. NFL is king. So, Kyle, go ahead and start us off. For what you got.
2: Yeah, that's right, Griggs. Noon kickoff. Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. Washington is favored by two and a half points. Connor, I'm going to let you take this one off the start.
3: My left hand is so far in the air right now. The haters cannot stand us. Um, First, just want to start this off. um, Sincere thank you to Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter for the game last week. Um, Washington Commanders had zero business walking into Atlanta and winning that game the way we performed in the second half. But Desmond Ritter gave us the ball not once, not twice, three times for free. Left hand up. Everyone else got that pick wrong, obviously. Um, only one with ball knowledge here. But it uh, da- does not look like Daniel Jones is going to be playing. So I'm, I'm liking uh, the chances for my commanders this weekend to go back above 500 before the Eagles humble us again.
1: I don't, I don't know if the Giants win many games this year. Uh, go they look good on Sunday. Yeah, they look well, good. Well, sorry,
3: sorry, their defense looked good on Sunday. Yeah, they have not won at home.
2: Oh, and yeah,
1: uh, and their O-line is uh, hurt again. Uh, they have, like, three players out on their starting O-line. They Justin, literally Justin had Q a guy off, off, the, off, couch, the, couch, off uh, the couch on their O-line. I, I mean, that could be me. Uh, <laughs> but going back to the Falcons, I mean, Desmond Ritter was ridden off for good reason, and now he's... He this, stinks. He's a, he's a sponsor of uh, DoorDash, so <laughs> mm-hmm. he'll be working there in a
3: few weeks
1: if he keeps playing like that. It's Heineke time.
0: This- the
3: Falcons can win that division. They're the best team in that division if they put Taylor Heineke in.
0: I don't know. Baker Mayfield like every... Every like once every three weeks is like the best quarterback in that division. If they but that's not too much. Creamsicles every game. They might win that division.
1: If not,
3: they lost in the Creamsicles? Hey, 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 my the, on my nuclear play of the week. NFC South is terrible. The hey,
1: the, the Lions are the best team in the NFC, so
3: it's not a bad yeah. loss. I mean, this oh, this, this,
0: uh, this, that's a, this that's game a may take. Be, this game may be on red zone probably once or twice. It's going to be bad. What do you mean? I mean, I'm, my roommate's a Giants fan. I will be watching this game because thank, thank the Lord that I've been given a break from watching Carolina Panthers football for a week. So we'll probably be watching that one. It's probably going to get yeah, loud. Stinky. The but
3: the yeah. Giants' putrid line versus our four first-round pick defensive line, uh, that unlikely to be good for either Daniel Jones or to t- Rod Taylor. Playing
0: and on the MetLife turf, Chase Young is shaking. <laughs> the the, <laughs> real, the <laughs> reality. <laughs> Uh-oh.
3: Uh-oh. Uh, please protect Terry McLaurin. The uh, reality is Please. I think Sam Howell will be able to move the ball enough. I don't think uh, – our defense, Jack Del Rio, um, cannot wait for him to be unemployed soon. But um, if if the O-line can give him any time, this could get dangerous for us. I think we're only like a two-and-a-half point favorite. Um, we are on the road too. Um, it It's going to be an ugly game to Griggs' point. Scott Hansen might not be wanting to uh, show this a ton during seven hours of commercial free football, but um, – this is uh, – the Commanders win this game. Eagles lose to the Dolphins. Next weekend gets very interesting in D.C.
2: Yeah, I think so. And we're going to continue on the Falcons vein we touched on earlier. Falcons are playing the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half points. Another stinker over under set at 37. The Commanders-Giants is 37 and a half. I feel like these games are going to look a lot alike. I'm going with the bake show in this one. I just... if, if, Heineke pl- if Heineke was a starting quarterback, I would
3: take the Falcons – But I don't know what Arthur Smith is doing. I know he's a young guy you want to develop. They paid Taylor Heineke top-of-the-line backup money on his contract. I don't know what you've seen from Desmond Ritter to think that he's the guy. And this team has enough talent. They have God knows how many first-round picks on the offensive side of the ball. Jesse Bates is a stud on defense. Grady Jarrett Mm. is good as well. They have enough pieces where they should be making the playoffs in what is – Arguably the worst division of football. Sorry it is. To the, sorry to the Panthers. Yeah, um, no, I, mean,
0: team I've, I legit just said in the last pick. Yeah. I'm like that is we yeah, are the worst. The, division. It's, the worst division. it's the worst
3: division of football. They, they have They have too like much a, talent to not be winning this division, but it, they're getting awful quarterback play. And so until they put Taylor Heineke in uh, away from home, I'll take Baker Mayfield. It's gonna be like how and the, I'll
0: take the points too. It's gonna be like how the Panthers won that division. Like I think in like 2014, they were yeah, seven eight and nine. Eight. They were seven, eight, and one. Yeah. We, only, we the only, the only the only coach,
3: the only coach to make the playoffs twice with the under five hundred record. Riverboat analytical Ron Rivera. Stat of the day.
1: <laughs> hey, I'll go. I'll go uh, spicy on the stake. I say the Falcons win, and they win because Desmond Rivera does a pick on the first drive and gets benched. It's yeah, right. He goes uh, out. Seriously, if lights that, out. If that happens, drops 28 And you're in, and you're in a state where live
3: betting is available.
2: <laughs> Another one. Afternoon, we're moving to the afternoon. Chargers at the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. I'm kind of feel like this might be a little disrespectful to the Chiefs. I feel like this could be a, a blowout territory. Nelson, what do you think?
1: Yes, uh, Brandon Staley is a horrible coach. Uh, he should be fired. Um, uh, you're wasting I mean, Justin Herbert had a pretty bad game. Awful. On Monday night, but uh he's still a generational quarterback. Uh and uh yeah, Brandon Staley is just a he's he's not he's not the best. He's not shown anything that that says he should still be employed by the Chargers. Uh I see the Chiefs win by, like, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey is gonna, and Patrick Mahomes are going to go off again. Uh, and it's not going to look good for the Chargers out in
0: L.A. Out in L.A. The new co-owners of Alpine, the Formula 1 racing team, will defeat the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to win by a decent amount in this one, I think. That minus 5.5 is looking pretty good for, I mean, when we do pick later. But, yeah, I just think the Chiefs, because – I don't know, man. Brandon Staley doesn't make the playoffs this year. It might be – it's going to be curtains for him, I think.
3: Yeah, this is a matchup where I feel like there's not many years where the Chiefs actually sweep the Chargers. They always have some weird games. Uh, last year it was a Thursday night game, and I believe the Chargers won pretty early in the season. Um, I, I think the Chargers have a, a, a sneaky chance of, of getting a win just because Chiefs uh, have been kind of coasting. Uh, they, they had that bad loss of lines week one and haven't – Really been tested a ton since then. Uh, they're bringing a lot of the old band back together. Um, Nicole Hardman's coming back. Frank Clark, I believe, had his physical there today. So, might be a game where you know you got some new guys in the locker room. There's just not a ton of intensity. And the Chargers, uh, you probably could say must win for them given their performance on Monday night. Justin Herbert's got to play a lot better. Um, but I think I think the Chargers have a. I, I don't I don't I wouldn't feel overly confident in it. But I think the Chargers have more of a chance than you guys are giving them.
2: So, the last game we're going to talk about on the NFL slate before we move on. Green Bay Packers at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are not favored. Bad. They're bad. By a point. Green Bay's favored by a point. So, about two weeks ago, I thought Russell Wilson is back. I was wrong. He, he's had some good games. I'm going to start him this week in fantasy because... Who's your backup? <laughs> uh, well, on a bye, uh, Joey, Joey Burr. Um so Russell
3: Wilson and Joe Joe Burrow have both been bad this year. Yeah,
2: so. Russell Wilson has more fantasy points than Joe Burrow. Yeah. So just saying. But <laughs> I'm gonna start Russell Wilson this week. I you know, against the Packers, I'm feeling okay about having to do that in fantasy, but I don't like the Rodza one in this game. Broncos
1: Country, let's ride. <laughs> Into another loss. Uh yeah, they, they they stink. The Packers are a very weird team. They looked very good in the first few weeks and have fallen off tremendously. It's a get-right game for them. They're going to get right. Matt LaForte is a good coach. Um, Jordan Love isn't awful. I mean, he probably he won't be that. Re- that, that he that, looked really bad. He bad. won't be that replacement that Aaron Rodgers was to Brett Favre, but I think he'll be serviceable for the next two, three years. They get a win. A couple touchdowns. I think Aaron Jones is back. They'll win pretty pretty easily.
2: So... That's the NFL slate on Sunday. Pretty, kind of a stinker. Yeah, kind of a, kind of a stinker. We'll get to that game yes, here in a second. Um, big things, though. Last week, pick em scores. Okay, so we had a little controversy while we were in Baton Rouge. No one could remember what the spread was when we picked for the Oregon-Washington game. There, so the, the final score, Washington wins by three points. Some were saying it's two and a half. Me, Connor, and Nelson. Those
3: people would have not only picked the game right, but been right about the spread. Exactly.
2: I I picked... Let's let's get the other side. Let's get the other side. Griggs said it was plus three and a half. I checked the tapes. We'll get to the truth in a second. Anyone want to say anything now? I would like to speak on my behalf. I was wrong. Hand up. I
0: was wrong on that. Hashtag Griggs was wrong. The line when we did the show, I forgot, was Washington
2: minus two and a half. So actually... The truth of the matter, Washington was actually minus three. So it pushed. Oh. We tied. Oh. We tied. So that means all four of us on college football went one, one, and one on different uh, games. Wow. Me, Connor, and Nelson picked Stanford. Stanford covering was so <laughs> elite <illegal> on <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> so Colorado. elite. Mark,
3: Mark Jones was in shambles on the that ESPN broadcast. The ESPN broadcast were bawling they, their eyes out. They, they was a, was a, was this wild. was a 29-0 game. This was turned off in the Baton Rouge Hotel Room, and we woke up. To the glorious double overtime win, an epic choke, uh, Deion tore them a new one in the locker room as he should. That is an Im- <laughs> not only not only to lose to Stanford, but to lose after being up 29 in the third quarter is embarrassing. And hopefully, the media obsession with Coach Prime and Travis Hunter being a leader and a dog can can calm down. They're Deion's doing a great job. I love Deion. They're still a terrible football team. Can we stop putting them in prime time? They Let them kick off at Pac-12 after dark in peace. Um, just,
1: just just to kind of put it in perspective, Stanford was winning, running a, a non-service academy. which was running a wing-T offense. With in two the first quarterbacks. Court. With <laughs> two quarterbacks. It was painful. And they still haven't
0: won that game. I want an apology for you guys being mean to me thinking it was two, minus two and a half.
2: Well, I mean, it was go both ways Yeah, so I'm he's looking, he's looking at the, one. the win. And I, picked yeah, I, want, I want an I My playoff number one team
1: won that game. Yeah, uh, Griggs also, you picked
2: Oregon to make so the I'm the playoff,
1: real winner here. So. They Greeks
0: still got a chance.
2: Oregon number four.
0: They still got a chance. Like, we, if they run the table in the Pac twelve, they might cannibalize themselves. They got a shot. Washington's winning it all right. I it, don't think so. Washington goes into Utah and wins.
3: I and on onto our no records. Yeah, so so just to clarify, we all tied in college football. All tied in college football. So, role, the, one, NF, one and so one. the winner of the NFL will be the winner for week one. Week one pick.
2: And and I'm thinking we do a point system. So if somebody like kills it one week, they should have They should be be rewarded for that. So we're doing a little point system just based on how many you get correct. Um, but we're gonna say the records every week just to say how bad we are at doing this. <laughs> okay. Fade us. On to the NFL slate. Three of us were one four and 0. One of us was two three and o. Before that one of us thing. is unfortunately named Connor Greenberg. Listen, this is and we're gonna hear the about biggest it loser. The, Give me of the best loser of the, I get, I, get, the
0: I
3: get one minute on my soapbox.
0: You get like you get like thirty seconds.
3: This I tried to tell you guys. You went around the table and you thought Falcons minus two and a half. Oh, Desmond Ritter, he's never lost at home. Put your left hand in the air and I understand. That the Washington Commanders franchise, we break streaks. Good and bad. Desmond Ritter didn't stand a chance. Defense has the potential, the talent to be elite. I, I I, hope you guys, we were all in the car. You all heard me. You all saw my left hand up. I hope you learn your lesson and will not doubt the Washington Commanders until I do. If I'm confident in the Commanders, you should be. I'm, the, I'm well aware of how bad we are. But when I'm confident in, in Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin, you should be too.
0: I think, um... Nice win, so, the, nice win for the Eagles last so week, by what the way. I, So what you're saying is extend Ron Rivera. That's what I'm getting from no. your message? No. Hey, you,
3: um, I, I will not call for a man's job publicly, other than Jack Del Rio. I, I think Ron Rivera should join him. The odds-on favorite right now, I saw this on Twitter today, to be the head coach next year for Urban Washington Meyer. Commanders, <laughs> Bill Belichick. Oh wow. Why, Why would
1: he I, do that? That would be crazy. <laughs> he's going to go to the Bahamas and retire, Listen, buddy. I don't he's he's going to be in the PLL.
3: Bill Belichick is going to come to D.C., we're going He's gonna to be what, the coach. lobby. He's, the lobby gonna, to he's gonna be the coach and the GM, and he's gonna turn Sam Howell into the next Tom Brady. Is he going to a national and the game? Commanders are running the NFL for the next twenty years. Enjoy your. You guys had your fun. So you guys had your fun. brought
0: Eric B for nothing. Then
3: oh uh, no, he's gonna stay as the offensive coordinator.
0: So he was like the coach and waiting for nothing. Then
3: he's associate head coach. He's already got his title. But <sighs> <sighs> my goodness, let's let's be honest with ourselves.
2: Okay, when we were picking those games, I did not know the NFL games were going on the pick them So. If you guys did, it's embarrassing that you did that bad. I did that bad because I was picking with my heart, Titans, to beat the Ravens. We were just No one in anything ever thinks that's going to happen, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and with that, we're going to end this segment right here. But when we come back, our final segment of the night, it is our pickums. We're going to get into that, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back, everyone, to the second episode of The Boardroom. We're just going to jump right into it so we have enough time for our pickups Kyle, let's go ahead and get it started.
2: First game is going to be from college, noon kickoff. Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State's minus 4.5. Going to throw a cool couple quick stats at you. Penn State has not won at Ohio State since 2011. Penn State passing defense has been incredible, only allowing one touchdown. is not allowed more than 200 pass yards a game. How's Kyle McCord going to fare? Nelson.
1: Ryan Day is going to have to call me out. I'm going Nittany Lions, baby. Doubting them, they're going to the Penn State's going to be absolutely right. physical. So you're taking them plus four and a half. I'm taking them out
0: right. They're going oh. to win and four and a half. All right. Uh, I'm going Ohio State. The shoe's one of the tougher places to play in college football when Ohio State's good. I don't. Th- I think it'll still be 2011 for them. Um, just because I don't think that. Penn State's not showing me anything on the road yet. I mean, yeah, they've only allowed one passing touchdown. They played, like, Illinois and Iowa. Iowa's the biggest team. Yeah, to so, and then UMass last game. 11-1 week. Iowa. So, U- I
2: was only favored three points against Minnesota.
0: But well, they did cover versus, versus U, So All right, Connor.
3: Uh, I like Drew Aller, don't like Concord and like Penn State's defense. Um, glad that Penn State's plus money. Going to take Penn State um, with the point, give, giving me some points, but I do think Penn State's got a chance to win this outright and break the streak. Uh, I think they're clearly the best team in the Big Ten.
2: I've been on the fence, but since I had Ohio State in my playoff prediction, I'm going to have to go out with Ohio State here to keep my narrative going. Next game, Utah versus USC at USC minus six and a half. The numbers say that USC's weakness is the pass defense. Utah only averages 150 passing yards and less than one touchdown a game.
1: Call the call the to deli, because there's some Swiss cheese in that USC defense. Uh, I got the Utes in a
2: kind of an ugly one,
1: but I'm down Lincoln Riley, Utes. You said
0: Utah, I Utah uh, you said USC
2: minus? minus six
0: and a half. All right, I'm taking Utah plus six and a half. I think that Utah is one of the, I think they're probably the second or third best team in the Pac-12. I think we USC has been exposed a little bit, especially against Notre Dame. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Utah on that, plus six and a half.
3: Also going to go Utah. Uh, slim chance that Cam Rising is back for this game, although I know they're talking about a medical red shirt for him. Uh, Alex Grinch is the worst defensive coordinator in football. Does not take a special quarterback or a special offense to beat them. Lincoln and, Riley never left the Big 12. Yeah, Lincoln – I mean, their offense is stagnant the last two weeks, and their defense is awful. Uh, Utah's just always a tough team, scrappy team. They play they, – they outplay teams with more talent than them, so give me Utah with the points.
2: I thought this was an obvious pick game, but the other direction. I'm taking USC minus 6.5. I think they're going to win this game possibly by 10, maybe by 14. Mm. Next game, last one on the college slate, Ole Miss minus 6.5 at Auburn. Nelson.
1: War darn eagle. We've had this game circle for a while. I'll take us. I'll take us. All right. Of
2: course. Of course. <laughs> we're we're playing against the points. Uh, you get the points. You get the
0: points. I'm going Ole Miss minus six and a half. I just again Auburn's just really shown me again they did play well against Georgia. That is true. But Georgia was just having to rely on Brock Bowers. We do play different at home. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm gonna go the safe round. Go Ole Miss minus six and a half.
3: Yeah, like I like the Reb Sharks uh here to win by a Bears touchdown. Slow, Bears slow. Also Bears. Oh, excuse me, the Ole Miss uh Rebel Bear Sharks. Um yeah, like I said earlier, just I, I think Ole Miss is gonna gonna score a lot of points and don't see Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford being able to lead a late game drive down the field and score the touchdown to match him. So give me give me Ole Miss by at least seven.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna take the Auburn man route here. Spirit that is not afraid. Auburn plus six and a half. Dolphins versus Eagles. Eagles at home, minus one and a half. What do you got? You do not lose in Kelly Green. Give me the birds. A matchup of, of two
0: historic Alabama quarterbacks showing that Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL, minus Mac Jones, can be successful. If given enough time, like Tua <laughs> Tungle-Vailoa, Tua had to be given time.
3: Insane levels of coping that C.J. is better than Bryce Young.
0: Oklahoma legend. you were rolling with Sam Howell. I don't want to hear your words. <laughs> Sam is um, better than both of them. Whoa. Um... That's going to be tough. I'm going to go the Dolphins plus one and a half. I, again, Kelly green is going to be hard to beat, but this Dolphins offense is just so good. And this, especially if Lane Johnson is still out for the Eagles, just, you could see the jets right. getting to him with that, just with him throwing three interceptions when they only had four starting corner, uh, four cornerbacks on their entire roster. Healthy just didn't sway me in the right direction. So I'm going to go Dolphins plus one and a half.
3: Yeah. I like the Dolphins too. Um, I think they win this game outright, but I'll take the point with them. Uh, the Eagles, uh, an awful performance from Jalen Hurts on Sunday. Uh, way too many turnovers. Sloppy play. Didn't think the Eagles' D-line really got enough pressure on Zach Wilson, and the Dolphins have a better O-line. Um, and, and, again, their offense is just so dynamic. Um, you know, on primetime, they're going to they're gonna show up. Tyreek Hill, probably going to go over 150. I think that's a safe bet. And whoever plays at running back for them seems to have 180 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, I like Mike McDaniel to out-coach Nick Sirianni in this one, and I'll take the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, I'm going to do the Dolphins as well. I think they're going to score a lot. Eagles won't keep up. Thank you, Nelson, for saving the graphic, (laughs) doing the Eagles for us. All right, last game on the pick'em. We have a lot of time left. We went through those quick. We'll take our time on this one. Lions at Ravens minus three, so we have an opportunity for a push. Be careful, guys. Remember, minus three. I got a couple stats for us. Just think about the Lions' season so far, opening Thursday. They beat the Chiefs. The next game, they go to overtime and lose. And then their previous four games, they have won by two touchdowns or more. They're a great story this season. I'm taking the Lions. Nelson. This game is in Baltimore, right? It is in Baltimore. It pains me. It pains
1: me to say this, but I I think I'm gonna take the Ravens here. I'm going take the, <laughs> the Ravens. The Lions. I just said they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, that might not be true. I, I was being a little feisty with that one. Uh, but I I. I you can't – the Ravens will always be good. They might not be great, but they'll always be good, and they'll always be a tough out at home. Um, we'll see how good the uh, Lions O-line really is when they play against the style defense in the Ravens. Uh, I feel like the Ravens need a game where they play all four quarters and play a complete game. And I think this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. They're uh, off a of London game. They're um, happy to be back in the U- Way better USA, and they're going to show it.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm going to go Lions minus three again. I think right now with the way the 49ers, I do think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC when healthy. However, they are not currently healthy, so I'll go towards the Lions being the best right now. It's just I need to just keep seeing this defense just step up because their offense has been able to do it. Amal Rossi Brown, one of my favorite receivers in the NFL, Jared Goff, legend. I just need to see them. their defense step up against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I think they can do it. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson's been a beast on the defensive line, but, yeah, I'm going to go Lions minus three.
2: It's Lions plus three, actually, so you got, a little, plus three. Oh, you got, got a little help yeah. plus, plus, just plus three. I'm just not going alternate case. line. Plus three, yeah, Lions. Just, ca- just in case.
3: Um, Nelson's going to save the graphic again here. I, I like the Lions. Um, they're they're really good, and it's so weird to say that for the Lions. Um they're really, really good. Montgomery not being healthy for this one makes me a little bit nervous. Um, and Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs is questionable, I think, but he's gonna go. Yeah. This good. this should be the game if he's healthy enough, where he becomes the lead guy. I know they've said they want to keep him as like a gadget change of pace back, which to take a gadget back with the twelfth overall pick is insanity. But Dan Campbell zigs where everybody else zags, and uh, that's working for him. The Ravens' offense is still just really disappointing to me. Uh, they don't have wide receivers. Mark Andrews is good, not great. And their running back, J.K. Dobbins, can't, has not been able to stay on the field. So they've got, like, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill kind of with a the platoon there. Um, the Two weeks ago, they really disappointed against the Steelers. And last week in London, they looked okay, but they didn't really look great. They didn't dominate a, a bad Tennessee Titans team the way that they should have. So I like the Lions to be able to go in there and at least – Keep it close. I think they. I think I'll take the Lions outright in this one, but I'll at least go and, and keep it to within a field goal. Potential Justin Tucker game winner for the push, though.
2: Yeah, I think the Titans holding with the Ravens is kind of my reason. And then Baltimore's second half. It's like they average less than ten points in the second half. Yeah, they're all not. They, they're, they they don't just move fall the ball. Off. They is don't it, move the ball. Yeah, so. this is not a typical John Harbaugh team. I no,
3: it's not.
0: It's sad, but yeah, another great show, boys. Great job. Loved it. Week two, elite. A week
3: two, red October, elite. Go, Phils.
1: D Max, go snacks.
0: Parting words. And with that, that'll be the end of our boardroom episode two. If you're missing any of today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform a little bit later on this evening. But we will see you again same time next week, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Weagle 91.1 FM. And this has been the boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend and we're Eagle. Thank you for joining us for this session of The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. And this meeting of The Boardroom is officially adjourned.